Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what is going on? And welcome to another episode of the Urban Pitch Podcast, the beautiful game of life, part of the Believe Network. I'm Ramsey Alpashala, editor of UrbanPitch.com. As always, I got the co-executive directors of Vibes to my left. We got Bridget Flores and Julio Monteroso. What's going on, y'all? I got nervous again. Right I know. Okay, <laughs> I got nervous I again. I thought I, I was going to mess it up. It. Oh, my God. I'll All get right. it for like the first episode. We're like, we're like 103D. Yeah, no, it's like 106, I think. Or 106 or 107? Who's counting? Yeah. 107. Who's counting? 106 will park. Yeah, so I need a, I need, I need a get that more loose but um today we have a very special guest with us uh from minnesota united and the canadian national team we got dane st Clair joining us via zoom dane what's going on <laughs> how are you guys doing thank you for having me yeah thanks for being here man i appreciate you taking the time um so i guess we could just get right into it um start with the canadian national team stuff um uh you know right now it's it's been you know a, a whirlwind of you know upward trajectory there's been a lot of talk of uh, quote unquote golden generation um there's been also you know people are saying you know th- are they going to win hardware is, is there is there pressure to win a trophy do you guys feel that pressure being labeled as you know the golden generation is there any pressure at all to to, to win a, a silverware in this in this window um i think we put pressure on ourselves i think um any athlete we always play to win you know what i mean so i think uh winning or being the top of CONCACAF, of course, there was no trophy for that for qualifying. So we wanted to come into Gold Cup, into Nations League, and, and to get that silverware this um, upcoming summer. So that's definitely our goal. Um, in terms of pressure, I think we probably put more pressure on ourselves than anyone from the outside does because we want to win that so badly. And how do you feel like you're, you guys did in the World Cup? Because there was so much there was so much talk about, like, oh, look at this team. They, they might make it far. Did you guys think you overachieved or are you guys underachieved? Um, yeah, I think it was difficult. I think if you if you look back to the Belgium game, um, we definitely had chances to to score in that game. And I think uh, in tournament football, the, a lot of times the first the first game is is the most important because it kind of sets the tone. And I think um, unfortunately not getting a result that game kind of sucked the wind out of us a little bit. And then you play, and then I think you look back at our our group and how tough it was as well. We had yeah. two semifinalists. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? And, and Belgium, who everyone said uh, completely underachieved, and we knew going in that our group was going to be tough, but we also knew that um, we were capable. And I think a, a large part of what we wanted to do too was uh, inspire our country. And I think um, after that first game, people started to talk about us and take us a little bit more seriously. And unfortunately, the result didn't go our way, but we were we're proud of our performances as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of like pundits, especially um, on the North American side, might have uh, underestimated that group, right? Because I mean, like Belgium, they ha- they had like that that golden age too, and and everybody knows about them. But I feel like Morocco and Croatia, if you're just kind of like paying attention to, you know, like passively paying attention to, to soccer, they might not come up as like you know powerhouses. When in reality, you know, that's that's the the, the reigning runner up, and you know we saw Morocco have like that, that, that huge run. Um, so I think a lot of people were kind of underestimating that, but, but what was the, the, the overall experience for you, for you both on and off the pitch um, in, in, in Qatar? BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get into the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. It was it was a great experience, and I think um, from a fan fan standpoint, I think it, it being there allowed people to go to multiple games. Like I think I was reading, there was right. one person that that went to every single game, and of course, when it comes here in twenty twenty six, it's gonna be a little bit different just because the country is way bigger. Um, in terms so in terms of the fan aspect, I, I think it was 
positive and from the player aspect, I think it's the World Cup. It's the biggest event. You know what I mean? Everything's kind of taken care of for uh, of us. And we just kind of have to show up there and, and do our job. So I think um, in terms of accommodations and things like that, and I don't know when else I would have went to Qatar if the World Cup wasn't there. <laughs> so to be able to experience another country and a different culture was nice from an uh, off-the-field perspective as well. As a kid, we all dream about going to a World Cup. How did that feel for you? Like, you, you're accomplished, you're there, you belong there. Motivation for the next World Cup? Yeah, for sure. I think um, sometimes it still hasn't really hit me that, yeah, I went to the World Cup, you know what I mean? What, growing up, watching them always on TV, and I think, especially being Canadian, it wasn't always visible for us and something that we thought was always achievable. So to be able to be a part of that and to hopefully inspire that next generation, and of course, 2026, we know, is, is right around the corner as well. So to be, be able to have that success in 2022 and be there as well to, to gain some experience for when it comes here, I think, was was huge. And I think uh, the younger me is definitely very proud. But I think uh, being in it right now, you try not to get too high or too low and to try to manage because obviously 2026 isn't a, isn't a given as well. And 2022 happened and... It was nice, but I think um, my goals are definitely to be a part of that 2026 as well. Yeah, I think being in, obviously in a World Cup for anybody is a big thing, right? Especially as a player, also as a fan, just to be able to witness it all. Um, what was the team dynamic like for for you and the team off the pitch? Oh, I mean, we, we call ourselves a brotherhood, and I think it's not something that we just say. We actually live it. I mean, the amount of different group chats and, and things going on, guys waking up all times of the night because we play all over the world and to just be able to try to follow each other um, and things like that. So I think uh, that brotherhood is, I know we, we talk about it a lot, but it's actually mm -hmm. something that we live as well. Yeah, that's dope. Is there any like rituals that bring you all together that you all do with each other or for like the, the newest members of the team? Um, so leading up to the World Cup, we, we traveled with a sword because we kind of went into like, every game is going to be a fight kind of thing and just having that kind of war mentality. So leading up to, to the World Cup and at the World Cup, we had, we had a sword that had like Qatar 2022 on it. And that was kind of our, our thing, getting ready for battle and, and having that um, as a team. So I think that was kind of our, our team ritual kind of before games and things like that. Wow, Y'all would, would just carry that around? <laughs> it's so <laughs> yeah. symbolic. Yeah, there, there, in Comcast qualifiers, there was a couple countries that didn't make it into through customs. <laughs> for the most part, they did a good job. I'm not quite sure how, but we always kind of you made it happen. We didn't actually get the sword. We had some kind of symbolic thing that kind of meant the sword. Whether yeah, that is so dope. That That's the like... Caribbean roots. They got a, it was not a sword. It was machete. <laughs> it was a machete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but but while y'all were in Qatar, um, we, speaking to, to uh, previous players who who had you know experienced that, um, they they said that they really you know pulled out all the stops for y'all. They gave you the five star or five diamond treatment when, when you guys were out there. What was like the the wildest you know luxury or, or luxurious thing where, where uh, uh, that that they pulled out for you guys? I think the the craziest thing was just to be able to have a full on training facility that like they just designated towards our team and it had everything that we needed all canned of stuff around it. So like just be able to basically just transform a whole training ground and to kind of make it feel like it was our own that we built in exactly the way we wanted. And I think um, that's definitely the player side of me, but I think uh, just to be able to have that home, you know what I mean? Because we spend so much time on the field and you want to be able to feel comfortable when you're on the pitch and getting re rehab and things like that. They had like the ketchup chips and poutine <laughs> and all that set up and uh, the maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> the maple syrup syrup definitely travels with us because uh, pancakes are big for us pregame meal just to kind of car carb up. So I the, love that. the maple syrup always does travel with us. Yeah, I'm a big fan of pancakes too. No, the ketchup chips like they have to they have to sneak them in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those, those don't go through customs. Those those stay in yeah. the in the carry on. Ramsey's yeah. a big fan of the ketchup chips, uh, man. Yeah, I, I'm a personal personally. I'm a fan of the the ketchup and all dress too. Those are two mm -hmm. like those. those y'all y'all know what you're doing with the when it comes to the, the yeah. The chips. I, I haven't had some like ketchup chips or all dress chips in so long to be honest. Like I'm not a big chip person to begin with, but everyone mm. was like, they hear ketchup chips and like what, and I'm like, 
it sounds kind of crazy, but I feel like once you try it, it's more like vinegary than like ketchup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, they they are good, but all, I think I think I'm more leaning towards all dressed in terms of yeah, yeah, head on the scale. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when, when you think about it, it's like potatoes and ketchup. You know, like you dip your fries in ketchup, you don't you don't think twice about it. So exactly, the flavors make sense. It's just know? all in one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but moving like now to to past the World Cup and now into the the, the current competitions, it's going to be a busy summer. You know, uh, Gold Cup, Nations League coming up. Um, y'all are in the semis uh, in in Nations League playing Panama uh, in, in June. Uh, what what's like the the vibe around that competition? Because I think especially this year, it feels like there's been like a more um, like priority behind that compared to previous years where it felt you know maybe kind of like a lesser thought of tournament. But I feel like the um, like the intensity around it has ratcheted up now, especially with you know the U.S. and Mexico on one side, uh, you guys in Panama mm-hmm. on the other. Uh, what 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 is the the mindset? What is what's like the 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 um, intensity behind that for you guys? Yeah, I think um, in in the past, everyone's kind of it was obviously a new competition, so people were kind of trying to feel it out. But also, I think in the back of everyone's mind was World Cup qualifying and just trying to really prepare the the most that you could for that. But now. Um, obviously we've already qualified for 2026. So I think just kind of going into these competitions now and, and going for hardware, like I said, I think, uh, our, our goal is definitely to, to win these two games in, in the nation's league and then to continue with that success into the gold cup. And I think obviously we know that it's, it's not going to be easy, but, um, our goals for sure are definitely to go there and to, to compete and to win. And how is it now that you guys are known as a powerhouse? Cause it was usually just Mexico in the U.S. and they didn't beat you in qualifiers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so how is it now knowing that these two, th- they, they thought they were the, the top of the top and you guys are coming in saying, no, we're here, watch out, it's our turn now. Yeah, I think um, in terms of their eyes, I think we're still kind of the new kids on the bo- block and I think we still need to do a little bit more to to gain that respect from them that I think they kind of see it as as Mexico versus U.S. is the, is the big rivalry for them still. but. We know that we showed in qualifying that we can go and beat them. Um, so I think for us, it's just continuing to show that and continuing to to gather that respect. And I think um, we kind of have that chip on our shoulder because we feel like we sometimes don't get that respect that we feel like we deserve. So I think kind of just going in with that chip on that shoulder and if they want to underestimate the, us, that's fine. And we'll come in, win the competition. And they come in and show them what you got. Exactly. For you, um, from your perspective, you know, representing Canada and playing with the Canadian team between the U.S. and Mexico, which one, do, which one do you think is more of a, of a, of a rivalry for, for you all? I think for us, it's, it's tough because we border U.S., but I feel like every time we play against Mexico, it's just such a physical game. So mm-hmm. I think I lean more towards the U.S. because that's just kind of the the border and, and things like that. But I think um, every time we go against Mexico, there seems to be some kind of team scuffle or, or things <laughs> like that, which is something that we definitely don't shy away from. Yeah. Oh, they want the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Mexico, you heard that. <laughs> who's, who's first team all hands on Canada? Yeah. Who's throwing hands? Who, yeah, who, who do you get behind? Yeah. Uh, uh... Oh, we got a few. I mean, I think <laughs> if you look back at our look back at our qualifiers, we had one. Um, who was it again? Uh, we it was against. We had one against Panama. We had one against Honduras. Um, there was there was a few to to, to 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 seem like I think against Mexico. There's a few pictures of a few guys standing over guys. Even the last World Cup, I think there was a few altercations. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's just something we don't shy away from. And I think because our brotherhood is so strong, if we see if one person go, we're all going kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're all willing to to kind of step up, step up and protect each other yeah who are the two guys though that you'd want protecting you like if you had to pick uh daniel henry is definitely definitely number one um big presence and then i think big guy uh, (laughs) (laughs) big body number two is probably richie larell and it seems like Mm. he's always the one kind of causing the fight sometimes (laughs) but (laughs) you want him on your side exactly you know what i mean yeah he's he has he has the dad strength for sure Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh in coca like there's a lot of talk about all these uh central america stadiums are not they're not compared to the ones in north america which one is the hardest stadium to play in because of conditions or whatever it, it may be 
Um, I think it was actually our last game in Honduras in uh, Nations League. We played away there, and it was like a torrential downstorm for like two days, apparently. And we got to the field, and it was kind of waterlogged, and like we're passing the ball. Supposed to be a ten-yard pass. The ball's stopping three yards away. Like <laughs> it was just like playing in like water, pretty much for the whole game. Like it was just like you weren't sure if the ball was gonna skid, if it was gonna stop. So it was kind of like almost unsafe probably to be honest I feel like if it was an MLS game they probably would have called it off but we all know CONCACAF abides by different rules so that's mm. just part of the the region that we're in and we have to kind of adapt to it yeah LA Galaxy and LAFC game got canceled I know I know I know it was barely even raining man CONCACAF is like rain flood or shine yeah but I feel like everybody yeah, says I mean, I mean our, our first game our first home game of the season was in the snow that's right yeah how do you how do you prepare for yeah. like weather conditions like that uh you try to stay as warm as possible and like i said it's kind of in the snow in those kind of conditions you try to limit the amount of mistakes and kind of play safe almost instead of because a lot of those games it's normally the team that ends up with a mistake ends up losing mm -hmm. so i think it's just trying to be preventative almost instead of really kind of uh playing the actual probably game that your your game plan was had in mind previous to the conditions do you got the heat pa pads under the under the gloves? No, I actually go with the um like the medical gloves. Um like you know like the little like rubber mm -hmm. um, like the yeah. blue one. So yes. that kind of insulates in insulates your hand and it's it's worked out for me and keeps oh. me warm. I think normally you got to change them at halftime cuz your hands get a little sweaty. Um but it's something a little trick of the trade that's kind of worked for me and what I what, what I tend to lean towards. Yeah, they had a limit of two. You can only buy two boxes for a yeah. while. So. <laughs> and now with the with the restrictions coming back, I'm sure you're, you're stocking back up on those. Yeah, luckily our, our training staff has a, has a few boxes just yeah. in case. I was there, like, there you go. At first, I was like, I think they, whatever the general size was, and I was like, I was like ripping through them, and I was like, you guys need to go out and like find a bigger size because my like my hands can't fit in these ones, and they keep ripping, and like I need them for the game, so. Our doctor was able to find some some extra large, extra larges at the hospital, which was nice. <laughs> wow, it's a little it's a little goalie hack, right? There. Yeah, the goalie. Hack. Like they were missing exactly. boxes in the hospital. I know. Doctor have to work without gloves. Like, where's it at? They all in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the the one six four doctor that, that you're taking all the stock the the stock from is. Exactly. <laughs> um, but but how about with the players and and on the national team now uh, with with. Uh, a lot more players starting to play in uh, overseas and in, in Europe. Do you see a difference between the players that uh, the European players versus the MLS players? Is there a, a big difference to you? Because I think, especially with the men's, uh, the U.S. men's national team, uh, there's that whole debate over MLS versus Europe. Uh, what, what are the biggest differences, or if, if any, uh, that, that you've seen? Yeah, I think for us, um, some of our younger guys have gone over there and, of course, done well. Alfonso, Jonathan mm -hmm. David, Tejan. Um, so I think that's kind of gained more respect for our passport as well because i feel like a lot of times in the past it wasn't that guys weren't capable of, of playing there but they just weren't getting the opportunities and i think now with more players going over there alistair doing well um ishmael Kone doing well i think it kind of allows for for scouts maybe to look at now hey we can look into the cane market where before they weren't tapped in i mean i look at Kone and his rise basically this guy in his first year professional, made his full national team debut and got a move to the championship. You know what I mean? So I think, um, but I think a lot of that too is to do with guys like Fonzie and Jonathan David who have gone there before in the past and have done well and kind of showed that there are players in our country that just kind of need an opportunity to, to get there. So I think um, it's making it a, a little bit easier for guys to go, but um, we know that there's still a, a ways to go and, just about the opportunity for us. Yeah. So do you do you plan on taking a move to the to the Europe team? Making that move? Yeah, I think um, when the time's right, I think it's always difficult in my position because you always want to be playing games. And I think uh, in my position, we all know only one player plays most of the season. So I think um, there's going to be a, a time and a place. And when that time comes, I'll be ready for it. And I'm not rushing into it because I know it's it's part of my development and fortunately enough I'm able to to get my games right now and to kind of continue to grow in those and when the time's right I'll I'll be ready to take that step.
Yeah. Yeah. Staying on the, the whole club side of things. Um, let's talk about your experience with, with uh, Minnesota um, um, now. So you, you get drafted uh, following a, a national championship in college. What was that whole experience like for you? How was it going from one high to another in, in uh, um, a pretty quick uh, Yeah, I think um, that day was probably the most nervous I've ever been. Not because I don't think I was going to get drafted, but I think the, the human side, you're moving your whole life into a, into a new city and you don't know where that's going to be in um, – Fortunately enough, it was it was Minnesota, and my uh, my college roommate Chase actually got drafted shortly after me, so uh, we were able to kind of come here together. At least you, you you know someone and you have a connection on the team already, which I think obviously makes things easier. And then it's been a little bit of a roller coaster to say the least, the kind of up and downs of my position really, and going through going on loan, COVID year, coming back, making it to Western Conference Final. Then to starting off the season, team's doing poorly. So I'm the one that gets uh, falls on the sword for the team, kind of gets dropped. And then to kind of fight back into the into a starting role, getting an opportunity against Red Bulls, where I kind of was potentially going to be traded in, in that window kind of mm-hmm. thing, leading up to the World Cup. And then to probably play the best game I've ever played in my life against Red Bulls to kind of solidify the starting spot and then to go to the, be an MLS all-star um, and just continue to, to play here, I think has been a definitely a roller coaster and I'm looking forward to where it's going to take me next. What was, what was your, what was your mentality going from like loan to loan right, right after being draft, drafted? Um, I mean, we picked up Vito Minone, who I kind of gathered and I was like, in my position, I know you're not probably not going to come in and start right away. So I kind of looked at it as a, as an opportunity to really learn from him. He's somewhere, I mean, growing up, I was a, I was an Arsenal supporter. So seeing him play for, play for them. And then just to be able to, to learn from him and to go on, we, I, we had a, a partnership with Madison that year. So I played a few games with them and to just kind of start to learn that, learn the pro environment and things like that. And to be able to apply some of the things maybe that he's taught me in some of those games, I think was, was beneficial, but I think, uh, in my position, it's a little bit different because I know you're, you probably know you're not starting your first year of the draft. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah a tough couple of weeks for Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, um, but, but you mentioned uh, you, you played at, at Madison a little bit. They're one of, uh, probably one of the uh, more, like, like one of the coolest teams in, in the U.S. when it comes to all the stuff that they do off the pitch or, or with their jerseys, um, mm-hmm. you know, some of the fan promotions that they have. What was that experience like for you uh, playing with, with Ford Madison? Yeah, I definitely have some sick jerseys still for them. People yeah. are like, I want a jersey. And I was like, you can have any Minnesota jersey you want. I'm keeping all my Madison jerseys. Like, those Dang, are I was like going to ask for ones, one. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so we're waiting for our Minnesota United jersey. There we go, guys. Yeah. Our jersey's on the mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I mean, I was only there for five games because it was kind of a, a back and forth between the partnerships because so, it's only a four-hour drive from here. So it's kind of like a back and forth. But just kind of see those things that they were doing, like you said, those fan engagement. I mean, to be a third-division side and to be able to get the fan support that they do and I think um, they really apply to their market as well to be able to do some cool things. Like they have a their mascots like a cow that they they yeah, bring into yeah. games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, I think they were they were smart and really tapped into the market that they were in and uh, have really made the most of it. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite Ford Madison jersey that that you have? Because they 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 had like the the special black and gold uh, goalie mm-hmm. goalkeeper kits too. So, right? so I have a, I had a black and gold one, but I think probably one it was like. I nicknamed it the flamingo kit because it was like a pink top, oh. pink shorts, and then black socks. Mm-hmm. And so I think that one was probably my my favorite one for sure. Yeah. But the black one is nice too because that was the jersey I made my pro debut in. So I think that one will always kind of have like a, a special place in my heart as well. Yeah. For for auction, you're, you're, are you taking? Is there like a, a minimum price that you're starting that at? Like. <laughs> 100k, 200k. Clearly, like <laughs> Ramsey wants a jersey. We'll, we'll highest bidder. We'll just throw it out highest bidder. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know what I mean. You don't want to put a price out there, but I actually think throwing, thinking back to it, I gave, I gave my younger cousin one of them. So, but like he's he's like the only one that he was like, I really want a jersey, and was like came to one of my 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 first pro games. So he has one up hanging in his uh in his room, which was nice to see when I went home because he was just like 
asked me for it. And then kind of when I went there, I was like, saw it hanging up and I was like, that's pretty cool. Like I didn't, I didn't know what you were going to do with it, but I didn't think you were going to do that with it. Like, kind of just yeah. like showed kind of the, the status of role model I am to him, which yeah. is nice. I would have wore it to a club and like, look who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Google me. Of course he done a jersey would. switch with someone like, <laughs> Google me, guys. Look who I am. <laughs> he rocked it to school. <laughs> but I have, I have a question. Um, just like taking it back to like when you started playing soccer, you started getting into your soccer journey. What made you pick the goalie position or did the goalie position pick you? Um, so I think it's a little bit of both because I, I, I didn't really switch to full-time goalie when I was, until I was like 14, 13. So it was pretty late for, for a goalie. But I think, um, one, my dad played in like Sunday leagues or whatever, like he played goalie. So like, I think in the back of my head, I always had like goalie. And to be honest, I just never, when I was a kid, I just never wanted to come off the field. So it was like, no one wanted to play net. Sure. I'll go in net. You know what I mean? And I just never wanted to come off. And then Growing up in Canada, similar to the U.S., a lot of kids growing up play different sports. Mm-hmm. So our goalie also played hockey. Um, so sometimes there were some conflicts. And so then I was like, I'll go in net. And then I think uh, it was kind of something that I just ended up started playing more and more and just kind of grew to have success in the position and then had to come to the decision of if I wanted to be a center back or a goalie. And I just stuck with goalie and it's worked out so far for me. So, yeah, yeah. so it's a little bit thing. of both. When did you know, like, you have the talent to go pro? When did it all click for you? Um, I mean, it was always something that I used to write up in school as a kid when I was probably, like, six, seven. But, like, obviously at that age, you don't know you're going to be a pro. But I think probably around the time when I was starting to be, like, 15, probably, like, 15 around there when I started getting called into, like, the national team camps and kind of showed that not necessarily I was going to be a pro, but... I was on the path and I had an opportunity if I was to be able to, to follow things and continue to, to grow. Yeah. And at the goalkeeper position, you know, we've had a couple other uh, keepers on before and, and talking to them, I think um, one of the things that like the biggest takeaways was like, they're always ready, um, you know, to break through. Cause like you said before, like there's only one person in that spot. Right. And the opportunities mm-hmm. to break through are, are few and far between. And, you know, you mentioned kind of having that uh, rocky start, but then you finally got your opportunity and, and you're ready for that moment. How do you stay ready um, and how do you prepare yourself to, to, to kind of, uh, you know, take advantage of that opportunity? Yeah, I think for me, it was never getting too high or never getting too low. And I think that's kind of something I try to maintain in my life. I think um, if you ask me, a lot of people say I'm so like laid back and null sometimes, but it's because I'm just trying to, level my emotions because our position is can be so emotional and it's a reactive position so you might go from not touching the ball one game to having to make 10 saves in a different game so i think it's kind of trying to stay level because even in the same time um if you're having a bad game uh, you let in let's say a few goals your team still might need you for that one save at the end and you guys still might win the game or vice versa i think in my position you could have the best game and then you make a mistake in the 90th minute and everyone quickly forgets what you did the, the whole part of the game. Everyone only remembers the mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, it's just kind of staying level-headed and that's kind of been my, my biggest thing of, of not getting too high or too low. Uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about the uh, All-Star game because I think that was a, a pretty cool experience for you, you know, with a breakout season, playing in your hometown, winning MVP honors. What was that, that overall experience like uh, playing in the MLS All-Star game? Yeah, it was a it was a worldwide few few days for sure. I think um, I'm looking forward to if MLS eventually puts it on a weekend so that more people can kind of come out and enjoy. But I think it, with it being midweek, everything can be a little bit crammed um, at times. But to, able to to go from the All Star, I thought um, the skills competition. I think uh, it kind of always started off there. I thought I hit the crossbar a few times, but. Um, <laughs> Luckily, we're, we're, our team was still still able to hit it and to kind of hear the crowd, I think, um, every time I was about to shoot and kind of be that home home guy. And I think that kind of gave me confidence leading up to the next day of, like, the fans want to see me play and to really to have that moment in our home stadium. And, I mean, our fans are great here throughout the, the year, so I was really happy to be able to, to share that experience with them as well and to be 
able to share with the with the whole league of having the all-star game in Minnesota and to ha have that. And I think the performance, I mean, like I said, in my position before, you never know if you're going to touch the ball or not. And uh, I made a couple of saves. And I think one of the nicest parts for me too was being on the field with Kamal Miller because we grew up together and that's probably, that's my best friend. So be able to, to kind of go through the ranks from the time we were probably 12 to, to now and to be able to, to share that moment with having both of our families in the crowd as well, I think was, was definitely a moment I'll always cherish. Who do I have to contact in MLS to bring back the shootouts? Yeah, the, the old school MLS. Old school shootouts. Uh, <laughs> and, and how do you feel like that would go, though? Because, like, honestly, growing up, you, you're like, this is not – that doesn't happen nowhere else. Just bringing yeah. back that old school feel back. The old school shootouts. See, like, as a goal, you never want to see a breakaway. So I don't even know <laughs> how to watch it. <laughs> you, too, like, you think about, like, the timing. How many of those are, like – is it going to be, like, NBA where, like, was this guy still touching the ball or not? Like you see those, mm. how long those reviews take. Um, I mean, penalties aren't good, a good way either. I don't know. I think um, that's something for, for someone to think of like the next way to decide a game, because I think penalties are always tough, tough way to lose. No one wants to be on the field for until someone scores sometimes, because sometimes it feels like no one's going to score. Um, so I think, uh, Maybe in the next, I feel like we, we, we're always seeing the rules change. So maybe in the next few years or however many years, there'll, there'll be something else to decide it. No, but what about just for like an all-star like activity, just MLS shootouts? One of, I'd, one rather of the... th I'd rather them bring back goalie wars. Oh, Ooh, yeah. The goalie wars yeah, is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. They did a little thing with like the MLS um, next pro guys, but I was like, I saw them play and I was like, no, I want to be the one playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Let's bring for it back me. so I'm playing. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one, too. That's bring it back one. for me. Yeah. For me, not for them. Hey, but, As the MVP. Yeah, but on those breakaways, you could just go full Crippo. Uh, yeah. And, and, yeah. You know, just sell out, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's always the option. Full Crippo, that's a thing now? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Max, though, man. He, he did yeah. save. He saved that. He, he, he potentially gave up a World Cup spot to win the MLS Cup. No, he definitely did. And I mean, it was crazy because uh, the guys that were already knocked out, we were having a pre-camp in Bahrain. So a lot of us were already on the plane going to like start to prepare and he was supposed to be coming right after. So like the Wi-Fi was kind of dodgy on the plane. So like none of us could like get the stream up. And then all of a sudden, like all of our phones started blowing up. Like what just happened? What just happened? And we were like, like, I'm not, well, I'm on a plane right now. I don't know what, like, you guys tell me what just happened. And I think uh, my heart definitely sank for him because I know how much the World Cup meant for him. And I mean, to be able to go out like that, I think uh, was just really a, t a tough moment. But I know some, a moment that he's always willing to, to, to die for the shirt. Um, and I think uh, he definitely showed that. And I think even the spirits he was in. He talked to us when we were at the World Cup, but I think uh, all the credit to him because he knew, I think he knows he, he, he would have, I mean, we all know he would have been in Qatar with us. And I'm looking forward to hoping that he's able to really come back fully and to, to be able to pick up where he left off because I think he had such a good year for LAFC last year. Yeah, he's a legend amongst LAFC fans, yeah, for sure. Everywhere he goes, like, he's he's the one, the, the face of the team right now where, mm -hmm. like, they have... They have like um, team events or like the, the their sporting mm. LAFC somewhere. He's like the guy. Yeah, That's and I mean, I think he he definitely deserves it. Like you talk about, we always say putting your body on the line for the team, and in that moment, he literally did. And I think uh, exactly that on a different day, you it doesn't end up with a broken leg, and you know what I mean. So I think, um, but he's someone that when I when I saw the challenge, it was no surprise that he was willing to to lay it all out there for his team. But to be a keeper, you have to be a little bit, they always say you got to be a little bit off because the way you put your body in the line um, is, is not just one part. You're putting your whole body in the line, kick, get kicked in the face. Any way, any way to do it just to save that goal? Yeah, for sure. I think um, that's, that's part of our position. I mean, it's, it's definitely not fun with the new ball sometimes. I feel <laughs> like every, every new ball gets faster. I feel like that, that comes out. But... <laughs> Luckily, they don't, they don't move as much as the Jabalani anymore. But I yeah, think, um, yeah. yeah, like like you said, I think it's just about 
accomplishing the goal of, of keeping the ball at the net. And I think um, a lot of, a lot of it comes down to that. And I think every goal has got hit in the face. Every goal has broken a few fingers, you know what I mean? But it's, yeah. it's about laying it all out there for your team. And in our position, it, it means so much because the goals in, in our game are the hardest thing to come by. So if you can prevent one, I think it's, it's definitely the hardest part of our game. Yeah. More power to you. I played when I started off playing soccer, I, I was goalie and I got hit in the face and I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> so I went to forward. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Some, I, I look at some of these crosses that some of these guys had and I'm like, I don't know if I would do that like, <laughs> intentionally, you know what I mean? So right, I think right. it can, it can, it can go both ways sometimes, you know? Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Um, all right. But so, so switching things, uh, switching gears here and taking things off the pitch. So we, we like to focus a lot on, you know, uh, lifestyle and culture off, off the pitch. Trying um, to get to know you as a whole person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. So start, <laughs> starting with the music, what, what, what's some, some stuff that you listen to before games um, around the house when you're cooking, all, all things like that? What's, what's on the uh, uh, Dane St. Clair playlist? So before games, it's definitely a lot of like uh, Caribbean music, whether it's like dance hall or soca. Mm -hmm. I think uh, my dad's from Trinidad, so kind of growing up, I feel like every household had like their cleaning music, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, you woke up on yeah. Sundays and you knew. So I think uh, uh, a lot of like dance hall and soca is kind of what I listen to. Um, definitely a little bit of hip hop and R&B and just kind of, I listen to a little bit of my music, but then when I get to the locker room, it's like, Whoever, whoever's on the ox that day, like... That's what you're vibing to. You know to. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. What are your, like, top three artists right now? Ooh. Probably Lil Baby. Okay. Uh, Northside Benji, who's a Toronto artist. And then, I mean, I just feel like you can't go wrong with Drake because he's just so versatile, you know what I mean? So Right. We, we, I have a question. Is it true that we, all Canadian boys are certified lover boys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just she had that one on deck. She's ready to fire. I did. I was like, hold on. I need to ask this. Definitely not all, but there's there, there's definitely a few out there for sure. Just like any place. You, there you go. Do you yeah, consider yeah, yourself political, that's that's a political boy. answer right there? That's, that's good. Right there. <laughs> uh, but would you say Drake is is properly rated, underrated, or overrated? Because I think he's not really a, a polarizing figure, but there's a lot of discussion around Drake all the time. I think he's properly rated. I think for the most part, the general people, I think, of course, some people rate him. I mean, I have one of my teammates, DJ um, Taylor. He knows every single lyric of every song. He's like, I'm um, like, I don't like him to that extent. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then I also, I think like, people like, oh, like, he's not a hip hop artist because he sings or, you know what I mean? He's not a rapper because he sings sometimes. And I'm like, I, so I think for the most part, the, the general population is properly rated. No, but at 2 a.m. Marvin's room, it's different. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> we actually, no, we actually had DJ on. He was, I think, one of our first, if not I our first MLS right, yeah. guest. And he was, yeah, he said, because he has the whole uh, Venti clothing line and he's taking yeah. cues from OVO and all that. So he's, he's like Drake fan number one. Um, and then, and then you have like everybody else. Yeah, he is an NBA yeah, young boy. I'm like, you can't be listening to that before game. You don't get a red card. You got to calm down, bro. Red card automatic. Yeah, it's a black Air Force energy right there. Yeah, I mean, no, but like, it's also like crazy to see because some guys play better when they're, some guys meditate before games and play right, better when right. they're relaxed. And then there's guys like Richie Larea, who's the angrier he is, the better he's going to play. And sometimes <laughs> I just try to like, sometimes I just try to like piss him off before games because I know he's going to end up playing better when he's mad. <laughs> so it's just like, Everyone has whatever works for them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's just knowing, knowing the players. That's part of being a goalkeeper, part of being a leader is, you know, knowing how to motivate. Uh, you see everything from, from the outside perspective. Yeah. Exactly. And I think um, someone in my position, you're, you're communicate, communicating so much with guys. You, you end up building the, probably the most relationships with a lot of guys because mm -hmm. you're always talking, whether it's on the field or off the field. So I think uh, it's definitely something that I'm, take pride in of being one of kind of one of the, the glue guys in the locker room for sure yeah so when you're out in minnesota like on a day off or just you know on a casual day where you don't have a game or practice what are you doing probably going to restaurants um yeah i'm definitely big into to the food scene whether it's me cooking um or i'll do that too i our, our last few 
um like off days uh we've been having kind of like dinner parties kind of i would say or like potlucks kind of mm. kind of thing just make a bunch of food and of course there's easter and things like that so a, a lot of us our families aren't here so just kind of game together with the team whether it's me cooking or us going to restaurants i think food is always something that that bonds people together for sure yeah where there you does, go where ladies he's a cook he yeah. can cook he cook you a good meal right there yeah you throw down <laughs> in the kitchen what, what's your go-to what's your go-to meal oh um honestly i don't really have a go-to i like to like mix it up i mean i think probably caribbean stuff is kind of my go-to you you could say because just kind of growing up in a caribbean household my dad did a lot of the cooking so kind of just seeing those those things made and it was just normal to me but i i always like if one of my teammates is like oh like can you make this and i gotta kind of attempt to kind of to make something new for sure i mean I think barbecues are always nice to be get, being out in the in the summer because in Minnesota for us the the winters are definitely cold. So in the, when it is nice out, you try to get out there and enjoy it. So looking forward to having some like barbecues and and things like that for sure as well. What's like the the um, most recent thing that you learned to cook that you've never really cooked before? Ooh. Um, I've been into the, to the lamb game a lot recently. Oh. Um, yeah. Whether so lamb chops or, or like lamb loins, I think I've kind of been tapping in a lot more too recently. Nice. I'm, I'm Salvadorian. So my mom has a great pupusa recipe. We're going to send it your way. You can figure it out. Yeah, we'll come through next time we're in Minnesota. We're, we're going to come through. Bet, and, uh, yeah, right, yeah. I'll, I'll start working on it myself. And that's the thing. I normally, like, someone would say, like, oh, try, like, try to make this. And it's like, okay, like, I'll, I'll try it. But I'm definitely going to put my own little, like, spin on it as, mm. as well. You know what I mean? But yeah. Jerk chicken proposals. Ooh. There you we go. There you go. go. Yeah. Hey, if hey, anybody copies our recipe right there, the, we, we need a percentage. We'll file we'll yeah, for a trademark. We're here then. for the yeah. spin offs. Yeah. I, I think, too, that's why I love fusion restaurants. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. every all the different cultures have so many different things. And if you really kind of break it down, so many things are like so similar between different cultures, whether it's the certain spices or like types of bread or things like that. There's just like slight changes to them. You know what I mean? So I think fusion restaurants are kind of one of the coolest things that have kind of become more popular recently. Yeah. Um, I, I have, I have a lot of questions for you. So Bridget's corner. <laughs> it's Bridget's corner. Go Bridget. There you go, Bridget. We're, we're going to be here all night. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Take, a, take a deep well. breath. Cause she's coming for it. <laughs> no, it's because I'm going to Canada in August. So I'll, and I'm going to go to Calgary. So I wanted to know, if you've been there, if you have any suggestions, any places I should go. Can you go with her? Where? <laughs> Are you going to be I, out there? <laughs> I've never been to Calgary, but um, I'm an outdoorsy person. Um, there's definitely a lot of hiking. I'd say uh, Banff Lake. I feel like everyone, like, it's like the viral picture of Canada oh, that everyone talks yeah. about. So I think um, if you can get out there, I think that would definitely be a good experience, but other than that, I can't give you much. I don't know when the Calgary Stampede's going on, but if that's your jam. Um, Pull up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Not, not really my vibe, but I think it's it's something. If, if you're there, why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. So what about when you go back home to Toronto? Like, what what are you out there doing? What's your favorite thing to do out there? Um, Just kind of hanging with my family and friends. I think, um, obviously, our season's so long. And then I play with the national team normally when we do get breaks. So kind of when we have those few days off at the club, I'm, I'm away in, in a different country with our national team. So kind of just spending it with family and friends because now that time is kind of limited with how long our season is and, and my profession, which is I'm not complaining about because it comes with um, our lifestyle. But I think having those moments to be able to kind of relax and, and, and enjoy. And I mean, Toronto in the winter is cold as well. So you don't really want to leave your house to begin with. Mm. Similar yeah. to Minnesota. Yeah. Bridget, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, go ahead. Yeah. All right. yeah. Um, you can come in. <laughs> uh, but, but Toronto is like a city known for its diversity and with that, uh, like it's wider way of, of, of restaurants and it's like kind of known as, as being, you know, uh, a, a really great place for food. Um, uh, are there any certain spots that, that you go to or, or like some of your favorite places to, to eat in Toronto? Yeah. I mean, I think there's just, there's just so many, I think, um, I, I loved growing up in Toronto because, it, like you said, it's so diverse. So if you 
want Greek food or if you want Indian food or Italian food, you can go to Little Italy or Little Greece or Little India and really go in there and, and get authentic food. And I think even like so many of us are either first generation, second generation or third generation that those recipes are still there. Like I think like even myself cooking, like my dad's from Trinidad, but a lot of influence on my cooking is definitely Caribbean based more than I'd say, quote unquote, Canadian, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think um, it's tough to really pinpoint it, but I think uh, if you have a certain type of food that you like or a certain cuisine, it's definitely somewhere where you can try it. And I think um, if you haven't tried it as well, I think you should kind of get out there and Toronto's a good place to to go and try something that like a different cuisine that you maybe haven't tried. Yeah, he he doesn't want to blow up any of his spots. As yeah, well. he's like, yeah, yeah, no, but the burma I, I, I don't, I don't believe in that. I think um, you're. Uh, I don't believe in like gatekeeping restaurants. I think um, food should definitely be shared. Um, so I think it's just like it just depends on what you want. I mean, I think uh, one of one of the big ones for me, if I want Jamaican food, uh, one of my friends uh, owns a restaurant or his family owns a restaurant called Epiphany Foods um best wings and, and festivals i think that you can get and it's definitely something where somewhere where i always go when i go back but i think it's just it's so diverse you can name so many different places you know what i mean it kind of just depends on on what you're looking for and i don't live downtown either so i feel like a lot of the new places too i'm i'm going in and figuring out myself when i go back as well so i think it's right. tough to for me to really pinpoint one but if i had to give one i'll give you epiphany if you want jamaican food there we go. They got some Hennessy wings there too. If you're okay, hey, you don't hey, gotta tell me. You speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> Anything is possible. Anything is wings. possible. Exactly. So, <laughs> one of those things on the menu that you should definitely try out. All right. I just wanted to ask you because I know you said you have Trinidad roots. Um, was there was that ever an option to play for that national team? Yeah, they reached out to me. Um, Kind of, uh, I think that was like 2019 in my in my first year. Um, but I had already played for some of the youth Canadian national teams and was kind of willing to wait it out to see if I I felt confident that I could eventually break through in Canada. And of course, um, they're just like we like we talked about. There's so many young and upcoming players in Canada and to be able to to be a part of that group um, is definitely a pride and honor and something that I want to be able to fight for. So. They approached me and I just kind of respectfully declined for the moment. And then I was able to be called up by Canada and has been, uh, been definitely happy with my decision. Because 2026 is coming around the World Cup. And um, there's been a lot of talks that the Caribbean teams are bringing those uh, EPL championship players, MLS players that have the roots that are not getting chances with the teams, uh, with the with either USA or Canada, whatever it may be, or England. Um, how do you feel about them coming in and, they're saying they're right. They're going to rise the level of Concacaf. Yeah, I think um, being able to play to play for your country. I mean, I feel like we see so many people playing for. I think if Canada never called me up, I think I definitely would have went to play for Trinidad. And I think um, it's just something that people have their own reasons of of why they want to go represent certain countries, um, family roots, and things like that. I mean, sometimes it's just a, just an honor to to play and I think to be able to play international football I think is something completely different than club football so I think if you have the opportunity to go and there's there's some kind of connection there and I think everyone like I said has their own reasons but I think uh, international football who doesn't want to play and who doesn't want to be a part of the World Cup so I think some of those guys that aren't getting called into these countries and respected like they they feel like they should have a different pathway and a different route to to make that make that dream come true because I think everyone that that grows up and plays soccer wants to play in a World Cup so why wouldn't you exhort all options that you can to in order to fulfill that dream yeah true I went to I went to Canada I think in 2018 and I honestly fell in love with the place I went to Toronto I enjoyed everything about it the people the vibes so I'm definitely rooting for Canada uh, unless you're playing against Mexico, then I got to root for my, my roots. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take all the support. I feel like whenever you play in Mexico, it's just like, no matter where you play, it's like the stadium's full of them anyways, and, unless we're playing an actual home game. So, I mean, like, the last Gold Cup game that we played them, 
was packed and I was in where did we play in somewhere in Texas and it was it literally fell out I was like we could be in Mexico right now with the amount of support <laughs> that they had I was like I think you could count on your hands how many Canadian supporters we are but hopefully this upcoming Gold Cup and Nations League that we're able to to get more fans out there and to make it uh more uh visible for us as well you know what I mean because I think having that support is always nice yeah it's always nice to see both sides just being uh, represented in the stadium. It's always dope for to sure. see that. For sure. No, she, I think that was... Sorry, she, she was trying to make you soft. No, we got to go to Mexico. <laughs> we need all the smoke. We, we're not backing down. We're going for it. No um, no to Mexico. We're, we're All the smoke. All the time. No to Mexico. He's, he's just, no, he's just we, mad. We, we've gone to the Aztec and gotten a result. You know what I mean? Hey, so there, there we go. go. There we go. He's just it's mad because his country doesn't... His his country's irrelevant, so. <laughs> we Salvadorians, we're prideful people. We, we just, we got to get it together, but You're we're working on it. You're good for the pupusas. Yeah, we're there for the vibes, though. <laughs> but, hey, Mexico, Canada, I'm rooting for Canada. There I'm rooting go. for Canada. There, there we, go. we go. So we got to be 100%. No to Me- I'm, I'm sorry to complain. Sure. No oh, to Mexico. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of support from a certain demographic of people. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I hear Especially it back, with that word. Bad. That's all bad. Never mind. That's all bad. A lot of red You're hats. A lot of red hats are going to start. Uh, it's going to be like a, a customers frequently bought that red hat. No, let's just go, that with, go Canada. That, that sounds way better. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, Dane, listen, man, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. We're running out of time here. Um, but thank you so much for, for taking the time. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we're we're going to be following you in, in uh, Canada and, and what you're doing in Minnesota uh, as well moving forward. Um, we do have uh, what's what we're calling the Urban Pitch Boost where, <laughs> like, I mean, Kellen Acosta scored that goal last night. He was on the show, what, like a month ago, uh-huh. a couple, yeah. uh, month and a half ago. So, I mean, it's it's been almost it's been over a year. So it's kind of like not a coincidence. anymore. DJ Taylor had a good game DJ right Taylor, after coming yeah, out with yeah. us. So, hey, we're. We're so. not saying it's us, but the urban <laughs> pitch boost is there. Yeah, okay, so that's what's up. That's what's up. So I mean, uh, if, if, send me send me the pupusas recipe, and I'll start getting that sure. working. So that by the next time I come on, I I can give you a little photo evidence of that. Okay, that I got it. You know? hey. Definitely. All right. Oh, yeah. Hey, we're on. All right, you okay. said, bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, Dane. Thank you so much for uh, for for taking the time to speak with us. This has been the Urban Pitch Podcast, life part of the network. Dane St. Clair, Julio Monteloso, Bridget Flores, I'm Randy Mushala. I will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.